Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. It's my music. You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Hello, and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich. This is episode 126, and it's another Music Memories episode. And today I am joined once again by a contributor at Voices of Wrestling. It's Paul Volsch. Hello, Paul. Hello, Andrew. How are you doing? How is the new you have been treating you so far? Oh, well, you know, we're about uh, nine days in at this point, and... Um, you know, thanks to a combination of Wrestle Kingdom and my work schedule, I've had very little sleep so far. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a little harangued right now. But uh, look, that's the life of a guy who watches Japanese wrestling in America. You know, it's sleep is not going to be on the menu for, for parts of the year. So I'm kind of used to it by now, I guess. See, on the other hand, me, I just get up in the morning on a weekend and I just watch Japanese wrestling while I eat breakfast. So slightly different. <laughs> <laughs> A little different there, a little bit different, yeah. But um, but how's your year so far, Paul? Uh, it's, pr- it's been pretty good so far, I would suppose. Like I was actually talking to some friends yesterday who I celebrated New Year's with, and we couldn't really, like, we were all kind of surprised about the fact that it's only been a week because it feels like it's already been a month. Yeah, that's been true, I think, uh, the past couple of years now. <laughs> Due to the pandemic, time just <laughs> seems to... To mush all together there, yeah. But um, but I am glad you're back on here, Paul, for sure, because um, I told this to Jeremy when he was on a few episodes ago, but since the last time you were on the show here, uh, we did actually meet in person at Chris Hamsa's house for the All Out Barbecue, which was a lot of fun, and it was great to meet you and uh, see your face for once. And, um, and yeah, it does feel like a million years ago at this point, just like everything else does, but um, it was cool to meet you there in person, definitely. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like, I love that trip to All Out and everything. And I will definitely do that trip again, just so, like, in hopes I can, like, see you, see you and the other guys again. Maybe not this year. We'll see how that one goes. But, like, I will definitely, like, make that a regular trip, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we managed to get in right before all the Omicron craziness happened and, you know, cases started going up left, right, and center. So we were lucky in that sense, for sure. But um, But, yeah, hopefully one day... You know, knock on wood, fingers crossed, all the cliches, we can get together again for a big show in America. Yeah, um, maybe in Japan. Maybe in Japan, yeah, that, that'd be cool too. Japan would be cool. 
for sure, for sure. But um, but anyway, uh, today, Paul, uh, we are indeed doing music memories, and um, I gotta say, you know, I do appreciate you being on here uh, on short notice because originally this episode was supposed to be a different guest and topic altogether. But uh, something came up at the last minute, and we had to postpone that, and um, I needed to have something else to do for this episode. And uh, luckily, Paul, I remembered a few weeks ago, you came to me and was like, whenever you do the next Music Memories episode, keep me in mind, because I already have my three songs planned out. And I said, sure, I've got some other topics planned before that, but whenever I do the next one, you know, you'll be it. And uh, that time is now, apparently. So, <laughs> uh, again, I, I do appreciate you being here on short notice, Paul. Ah, no worries, Andrew. It's a uh, fun fact. I think when I told you that, like, it was obviously true that I already had the themes all laid out, but I think I was like completely hammered when I wrote you that message. <laughs> I think well, it was th- like two in the morning or something for me. <laughs> well, uh, thank you, Drunk Paul, wherever you may be. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, but also we're doing this on Sunday and it's the last day of the NFL season. There's like... 80 games on today or whatever and uh paul i know you're very anxious to get to those games but we're doing this an hour beforehand and these episodes tend to go on the shorter side of things so we should be okay in that regard i think paul yeah hopefully hopefully and i mean well i mean by the time the listeners listen to this they will already know but i'm very much hoping that the bucks the cardinals and the rams all lose and that the cowboys hopefully maybe i actually don't know how the tiebreakers break down but i think that might the cowboys might still be able to improve their like uh, the seating position, but well, whenever anyone listens to this, they will already know. So, <laughs> so uh, for those that may not know, uh, Music Memories is when I have a guest on, and they talk about three memories from their wrestling fandom that are strongly linked to music in some way. It could be from watching a show on TV, it could be from being there live, uh, from a video game, an album, a show or movie that's about wrestling, perhaps, whatever it may be. And um, in this case, Paul, you told me beforehand that all three of your picks are tied to being at a wrestling show. And as well, when you gave me the songs, I had never heard of any of these songs before. <laughs> so this is probably the most unique Music Memories episode we've done yet. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think I mentioned it as well, and I mean, I will probably go into that a bit more uh, when we actually talk about uh, each theme as well. It's that they also rep, all represent kind of three very distinct periods of my life as well. And I think that's actually something that kind of makes it quite interesting as well. Mm-hmm. Right, because even though I may not have the same experiences or memories as the guests, there's still a very, very good chance I know the music. You know, I know Cult of Personality, I know Obsession, I know Robot Rock. But in this case, both going to wrestling shows in Europe... And these particular songs are things that I can't expound upon. You know, I need your context. I need your knowledge in this case. So this will be a fun one, Paul. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to it here. Uh, Paul, what is your first music memory? Yes. So the first theme uh, that we're going to talk about today is going to be the theme of Axel Dieter Jr. in WXW after he turned heel, which is Cells from the soundtrack to Sin City. It'll all click when the mortgage clears All our fears 
will disappear. Now you go to bed. I'm staying here. I've got another level that I wanna clear. My skin feels like orange peel. My eyes have been vacuum sealed. My organs move like a swarm of eels. We should be more adventurous than we. As I mentioned, this is the fame that he had uh, after he turned heel in WXW, and so this period of my life essentially. So, actually, a WXW show in Hamburg was actually the first wrestling show that I ever attended live, and that show was kind of the kickoff that would lead to his heel turn, and it was actually a very much a long-term story that WXW was telling there. Because it, it just kind of very slowly developed over the course of a year, and so this was falling into the time period where I was studying in Denmark for my master's degree, actually, and I had a car at the time, and there were WXW shows regularly happening in Hamburg, and since I was staying relatively close to the German border, it was just about a two-hour drive away to Hamburg, so it was just a very nice kind of regular kind of getaway. To kind of go down to Hamburg, spend the weekend there, go to a WXW show, and watch everything happen. And it was also just a lot of good things happening in WXW at the time. Like it was a very exciting promotion. It had really good booking. Like there's a lot of good memories tied to that period. Like there were a lot of people that I saw there that were on the rise at the time that would then later become major stars. I saw people kind of on their way down, kind of wind down their careers. I saw some surprising kind of Performances from people there as well. Like for example, uh, what I remember very distinctly was a uh, was a Jeff Jarrett match of all things, where <laughs> he just worked as like a complete uh, Memphis tag match. Like it's like I would assume that anyone that watched that one on VOD did not enjoy it at all. But being there in the crowd, it was just a hooch, like just the entire time. But maybe talking more specifically about the theme like i said it was very much kind of a long term story that wxw was telling there kind of at the beginning kind of axel dieter like he's the beloved like hero and he's in the he's in a tag team with the mac uh, hot and spicy and they were beloved heroes in wxw in general but more specifically for hamburg and i think that's why that one resonates even more so is they were the hometown heroes Axel Dieter Jr., like, he, it, like this isn't a Zack Sabre Jr. version where there's no Zack Sabre Sr. <laughs> there is an actual Axel Dieter Sr. Like, and Axel Dieter Sr., he was never really a big star, but he was like an old shooter guy. Like he was the guy that would like keep order in a locker room. Like, and he was a legend in the area. And that's his son who is now like taking up the mantle of his father, who also passed away at around that time again as well. So like, again... Like, he is the son of this massive legend, and slowly but surely, like, he just gets more aggressive, starts taking a couple shortcuts here and there, you know? At the beginning, it's just in, like, desperate situations, but then it becomes more and more blatant and becomes tempted more and more, and then 
Walter starts egging him on because Walter had just turned heel recently and formed Ringkampf with uh, Timothy Thatcher, which at the beginning, Ringkampf was actually a heel faction. So slowly but surely, like Walter's tempting him a bit more, just like, come on, like these guys don't actually respect the ring. Like we just need to show him, we just need to win. We just, you just need to get more vicious. Like Axel, you're just like great technical wrestlers. Like you can just beat these guys. Like you're better than them. And slowly but surely, Axel comes around to him and he's like, you know what? This guy's right. Like, I can't, I'm better than these guys. Like, but like sometimes, you know, like you just got to show him, like you just got to take a little shortcut, but, but you're going to beat them or maybe you need a little outside help from Walter to do it. So, and I think also when he actually came out to this theme, which was because obviously the people didn't really want to believe that like, like everyone knew where the story was going because again it was very much drawn out but everyone knew where this was going but i was there there was also still this like little sliver of hope that people had out that like nah it's it's, it's our it's it's our guy like it's our unser young to say in like more like the hamburg one like like he's not it's our boy like he's not gonna go bad and then he did and that was really kind of kind of solidified when he came out to this theme, to this very kind of somber song that in a way, and I think that's something that isn't really kind of talked about or shown very often in wrestling is that very often when there is a heel turn, the focus is very much on like anger and like, oh, he turned on his tag team partner or he did this despicable thing. You know, we all hate him. Boo this guy, boo this guy. Whereas... I think with this theme, it kind of goes into a slightly different direction where it shows that like a heel turn in a way is also a tragedy as well. And that's very much what it felt like for like the Hamburg crowd at the time where it's like, you didn't really want to boo Axel Dieter because it's, it's the son of Axel Dieter Senior. Like, you don't want to boo that guy. He's a, ham- he's a Hamburg guy. Like you don't really want to boo him. But then he just does all these shitty things and he like turns on his friend and so like you kind of have to and he aligns with this asshole Walter. And so he just comes out to this like really somber song and I think it really kind of beautifully underlined kind of the tragedy of the whole situation. Yeah, this one when I heard it, um, I did sense that kind of sneering menace to it in a way. It does have that that air about it, I suppose. But it's not like it's, you know, downright evil either. It's not twirling the mustache you know it it is more gloomy it is more sad and dour and depressing so that whole thing where you said that this heel turn was itself you know more depressing than anything because he was the hometown guy that lines up there i think for sure um now as far as dieter himself goes you know i i only saw him for the first time at the tail end of the indie run so he'd already you know joined ring and um, from there, he went on to be in WWE with Imperium and whatnot as Marcel Bartel. So that whole thing of, of him being the face and being with Damak and all that stuff, I didn't know about any of that stuff. So I appreciate you telling me about that. Um, but yeah, I think it is pretty cool to to at least imagine Dieter coming out to a song that isn't the Ring Comp slash Imperium theme. Um, Symphony Number no. 9 by Dvorak, that, that's pretty cool. Um, especially with the added context of it being more of a somber heel turn than just a plain old "I'm angry now" uh, kind of heel turn, so it, it does it does give it more of a weight to it too, I think, Paul. So um, yeah, great pick there for sure. 
Yeah, and, and actually that Rinkham theme was actually, I almost picked that one because obviously like kind of that's when that faction whole thing formed and when they all started using that theme, even though originally that was Timothy Thatcher's singles theme and then they all just kind of adopted it as the like group theme and then it became Walter's singles theme and then Thatcher started using a different theme. So in a way, Walter actually stole Thatcher's theme. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Thatcher, he had the uh, the guitar version, right? And like uh, Evolve and Progress or whatever. I remember that, yeah. Um, yeah, and he actually started using the Lonesome Boatman by Dropkick Murphys, of, of all things. Uh, right, in, right. Towards the end of his indie run, yeah. Right, I remember when he got released just a few days ago, actually, people were quoting the lyrics on Twitter. So, yeah, there we go, yeah. Um, but Dieter, you know, I've only known him as the guy in Ring Comp slash Imperium, so it's hard for me to picture him as anything but that guy. Um, and believe me, I love the team. Him and Eichner are a great duo, maybe the best in WWE, but it is hard to see him outside of that dynamic as just a singles guy, even though I know he could be for sure. Um, it's just that I don't see him going in that direction anytime soon either. Um, but it is WWE, so, you know, yeah. who knows, Paul? <laughs> who knows? Fun fact, I have not seen a single second of Marcel Bartel. <laughs> so uh, I, I suppose since we're on the topic of like tragedy with that theme, that's probably the other big tragedy in wrestling besides a heel turn would be signing with WWE because basically, as far as I'm concerned, you're retired because I'm not going to see you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he spent like the first year plus there uh, either in the PC or on house shows. And uh, got no TV at all, or, or very, very little. So I see where you're coming from. Yeah, I mean, there's been so many examples over the years of guys just going to WWE, and it's like, well, don't care about them anymore. Goodbye. Uh, <laughs> um, I think Ben Carter is a, a good recent example of that. Um, Who? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, uh, well, Paul, uh, that was your first one down. Uh, what is your next music memory? So... The second theme uh, that I've prepared for today is uh, Gone Guru, uh, which was the theme of, uh, I assume now retired Irish wrestler Callum Black. Andrew, uh, when I gave you this theme, what did you know about Callum Black? And was there anything that you found out about Callum Black after I gave you this theme? I assumed, based on the name, that it's someone who was a, a British or Irish indie wrestler. And I googled him. And based on the one hit I got, 
a ProFight DB profile. He is Irish. He is an Irish wrestler. Um, no cage match. No Twitter, which, hey, pretty smart there, I suppose. And I've never seen him wrestle either. And he said no matches beyond February 2020. So my knowledge of this guy or this song is uh, quite low. Um, low meaning zero, pretty much. So uh, this is one of those um, unknown quantities you brought to the table here, Paul. So uh, please explain away. Yeah. So in a, in a way, we actually stick in kind of with the, with the theme of tragedy. And I swear I actually did not intend it to go this way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, Callum Black, I suppose we can call uh, this segment of the show The Ballad of Callum Black. Um, so it's unsurprising. So this falls into the time period, kind of the second part, which is me living in Ireland, which is where I spent kind of the previous four years before. Uh, moving back to Germany around this time last year. And as everyone else that lived in Ireland at the time, uh, prior to the pandemic and uh, things that happened then later in 2020, I was someone that was very much a regular at OTT Wrestling out of Dublin. And they put on some amazing shows uh, during that time period. Like, this was really kind of the peak of Irish wrestling when it really got kind of the most international attention it's ever gotten or will ever get, probably, given the situation that it is in now. And there was just so much young, promising talent on these shows as well. Like, a lot of great, like, homegrown talent. Like, at first, OTT kind of gained kind of notoriety by just bringing in kind of these guys from outside of Ireland and just putting them in amazing matches. And, but slowly but surely, like they actually kind of brought up kind of their own guys. And it was just a wealth of talent being built up in OTT where like, it was clear that like soon they would actually be able to like draw big houses just with their own talent, which is amazing for an island of just 5 million, like for like the Republic of Ireland has just 5 million people living in it. Like, that I'm very certain that that's like, would have been like the smallest kind of market in wrestling that would be able to kind of draw decent, like, I guess, unless you count Puerto Rico, like it would be kind of the smallest market that would be like able on its own to draw big houses with kind of homegrown talent. Like, I don't think that happens anywhere else because every other big wrestling market comes from like a major country, like Japan, the US, like Mexico is also like a big country as well. So like it was very kind of a phenomenal feat. And unfortunately, uh, then everything went to shit. So obviously first the pandemic hits in 2020 and everything shuts down and it kind of robs us of like kind of a, big show that was like a big show was supposed to happen for OTT just as everything shut down like literally the week before the show where uh, they had kind of scheduled a big kind of national stadium show in Dublin where on top with uh, John Moxley coming in for a main event against David Starr and that show got cancelled and so the fans kind of raised money and helped out the promotion 
And then I think everyone's kind of aware of what happened next, where kind of the UK scene as well as the Irish scene just got absolutely devastated by, as it turns out, pretty much every major figure in that scene uh, was, was some sort of sex pest, whether or not they were kind of creeping on underage girls, whether or not they were kind of having allegations of kind of domestic abuse against them, or even worse, both. So just an absolute devastation for the entire pro for the entire scene and also kind of exposing just very rotten power systems that kind of helped kind of these abusers kind of avoid any kind of punishment as well. And especially in Ireland and OTT where now the promotion is back, but like basically all of the buzz is gone all of the kind of people that were like creating that buzz or were, were making kind of the big atmosphere that OTT was known for have turned their back on the promotion completely. And like me included, like so much so that like I used to love OTT, but when it is going to die, like I'm going to post like a gif of the Ghanaian coffee coffin dances, like when that <laughs> happens, which is like, yeah, it's just kind of a shame. And what it also led to is like, OTT is back and yes, some of the young talent is back, but like the majority is not. Like there's just a slew of people that have just walked away from wrestling. And one of those guys is Callum Black. So Callum Black, and that's the tragedy, was he was the next big thing. Like everyone knows about like Scotty Davis was already like getting buzz outside of Ireland, but Callum Black hadn't had it yet. And Scotty Davis is one of those guys where like he has allegations against him and he is not someone that is actually ever going to learn or be better just based on like who he's surrounded with. So like despite the fact that like what happened with him happened when he was very young, like he he doesn't think anything wrong happened. He never apologized for it. And he's not going to learn from it. And he will just continue to be pushed anyway, regardless of like anything that happened. And it's disgusting. Uh, But Callum Black, on the other hand, he was like the guy kind of that was like just on the verge of like getting international notoriety. Because he was one of, he was a guy that had just come into OTT after having spent like a couple of years in like training, essentially, uh, in training schools around Ireland. And he was a guy, like, you listen to that theme and you can kind of make, if you, you can kind of see the type of wrestler that he is if you listen to the theme, because he was just a big bruiser. Like, the first time I saw Callum Black, I was like, immediately, I was like, I'm on the Callum Black train. Everybody join me on the Callum Black train. This guy's going places. Because I immediately was like, in my head was like, I want this guy in Japan because I, I want this guy to like mix it up in the big Japan strong division. I want to see this guy against Daisuke Sekimoto. I want to see this guy against Yuji Okabayashi, bring him in into all Japan, like put him against Kento Miyahara, put him against Suwama, put him against Shuji Ishikawa, or like even more like fuck, put him in New Japan, put him against Ishii. Like that's the type of matches you wanted to see that guy because he was like, just a powerhouse like he would just go in there and that guy knows how to do a squash match but it wasn't even just squash matches like he was great at like long layouts as well where he actually in a weird way like he had a match against Devlin who's also a piece of shit by the way I always feel like I actually need to like 
preface that for these guys because they are. Um, but he had a great match with Jordan Devlin where like he's bigger than Devlin, but despite that fact, he was the underdog in the match and he actually did that really well, which like it was a tremendous performance from Callum Black that way. He, he was actually really good at selling, which is not something that is like for some, like that is something that like someone who is that size, like they need to be careful about the way they sell because you don't want to come off as weak. But you also obviously like still want to show that like if the other guy, which because Devlin was the ace, like he was the guy that was like dominating the match. But then Black was just also just very believable. Like when he like would make his comeback and would just use his power and just like take Devlin right to the edge before like he lost the match, obviously. But like it was just very clear that like this guy has it. This is a guy that's going to break out. Like he's going places like he's either going to get like, and this was pre AEW. So like he probably would have fit in there amazingly as well. Like if, if things had gone a different way and everything like Callum Black in AEW, like that would have been amazing as well. Like just, yeah. And, but again, he seems to be one of those guys that has just walked away from wrestling with like the pandemic and everything that happened with ODT where like he deleted his tweet Twitter and has just like, hasn't reappeared on any, like, thankfully he hasn't reappeared on an OTT show because it would have been a shame if he had been of that promotion but like if you're not with OTT in Ireland there's really no place for you to go so yeah seems he's just a guy that is gone and it's just such a waste of talent and it's just a shame and it's it's disgusting that like these like abusive power structures essentially have led to the retirement of like one of the most talented talented wrestlers that I have ever seen. Well, uh, this sure is a happy little podcast, ain't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I, I realized that this got really heavy. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I mean, look, it's real life. It's your memories, your emotions, your experiences, and it's honest. So thank you for your honesty in that regard, Paul, for sure. Um, now, as far as myself goes, again, I don't know Callum Black, but I do remember a few years ago when OTT was really the hottest promotion in Ireland and as well in, in Europe, really, I think. Because, you know, at this point, progress was kind of trickling down in the terms of the buzz. You had Rev Pro there, you had WXW there, sure. But OTT was like this cool neutral zone where you had guys from WWE who could be there. You had guys from like New Japan who could be there. Other indies could be there. It was this really cool place where you had a mix of the outsiders like, you know, Keith Lee, Shane Strickland, Matt Riddle, Bandito, uh, L.I.J., Will Ospreay, uh, Ishii, Kushida, guys like that, along with the homegrown guys like, yes, Jordan Devlin, yes, Scotty Davis, more than hype, guys like that. So this great mix of talent combined with this incredible atmosphere with the fans there in Ireland made for such a, a hot promotion and a really cool thing to experience. Not just, you know, they're alive, I'm sure, but but also to watch from home. Um, and then, of course, things happened to uh, derail all of that, which, you know, looking back now, it, it does feel tainted in a lot of ways, um, especially since, you know, the biggest and most acclaimed story and feud of that promotion involved three guys. Walter, which, you know, cool dude, no problems there. Jordan Devlin, which, eh, Tugs the collar at that one. 
and David Starr, which, again, <laughs> tugs the collar at that one. So two out of the three guys there do have some pretty, pretty bad allegations against them. And that that does muddy the waters, for sure. Um, and as well, you have, I think, collateral damage with other wrestlers just looking at all this stuff that happened with Speaking Out and saying, you know what, screw this, I'm done. Like, you know, more than hype. I know at least one of those guys retired. Was it Nathan Martin who retired? No, it's actually it... him and Dan Kearney, like both. Like oh, those, it was both, okay. Two-thirds of, of more than hype are retired. Yeah, I, I thought it was one or both. I couldn't remember which, but um, it's both, yeah. And LJ Cleary is the only one still wrestling out of that trio. And um, same for Callum Black. I mean, as you said, he's just gone now, off into the sunset. And from what you told me, he sounded like a guy who could have been a linchpin for OTT, for Ireland, for the Euro scene in general. And who knows, maybe he could have gone to Japan or America. But we can't know that now because he retired. And as well, this song is also gone, which is a shame because, you know, this is a pretty damn good song. I like it a lot. And it does sample one of my favorite bands, Rush, A Passage to Bangkok, that guitar riff in there. So, yeah, this song gets a thumbs up from me. Um... Probably the only nice part of the segment here, I suppose. <laughs> but um... no, but I mean, like, like it fit him really well. Like I mentioned as well, like because his kind of catchphrase or like the thing that he would do was like he would say that he's undeniable. So like, and you just hear that theme, and you just see him come out with like that big frame and everything, and like the aura that he had, and it was just like, oh yeah, no, that guy is undeniable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, again, no cage match profile for him, uh, just the profile yeah. DB profile. And uh, it said, yeah, February 2020 was his last match, which, you know, makes sense because the pandemic hit right there. And uh, a few months later, Speaking Out hit. And um, that was it. He was done. And um, again, it's just a, it's a damn shame because, you know, guys like him, guys like Kearney and Martin, for all we know, they did nothing wrong. They just wanted to be wrestlers and, and live their dream. And because of all these other schmucks, they decided, you know what, screw the dream, it's not worth it. And they left. So that's that, it seems. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that also shows like how widespread this was. It's actually, be, uh, when I sent you the themes, I actually held off on the second theme for a little bit because I just conferred with uh, the other Irish guys at VOW to like, make sure that there wasn't anything against him that I missed. And as far as we know, there, there wasn't anything against him. So good on you, Callum Black. So, <laughs> if you're listening, maybe you are. If you are, come back. Don't, don't wrestle in Ireland. Find another <laughs> country. But like, come back, please. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun. 
And sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, ah, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs. And it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying... Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network what's going on guys this is rich from the flagship podcast here on the voices of wrestling podcast Network. If I could have a moment of your time, I'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors, Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell, all three in one, offering you triple security. So you can have everything in one device rather than installing many pieces on your front door. But it's not just for security. The Eufy Video Lock is also for convenience. No more concerns about losing keys, and you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated cameras. Some other great features we love about the Eufy Video Lock is it is easy to install and set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. Keyless entry, no more fumbling for keys when your hands are full. You never have to worry about kids losing keys or passing among renters. You also have 0.3 second, 0.3 second, fingerprint recognition and one second unlocking again 0.3 seconds it's going to recognize your fingerprints and in one second it's going to unlock and with the ai self-learning chip embedded the more you use it the more accurate it will be also no battery anxiety you have a rechargeable battery in there that could last around four months and you will get a low battery notification before it runs out. Uh, passcode unlocking a remote control with the 2K clear sight. See who's at your door and control from anywhere through the Eufy app. With enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. You can also secure your package delivery by view and two-way audio. And then best of all, no monthly fee. A bunch of other brands out there are going to charge you a monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and you never have to pay for storage. Customer service. Yuffie's got you handled as well. They are on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by their professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or live chat. Personally, as a homeowner, 
I love my Eufy video lock. I have the ability to see what's going on when I'm not home, when packages have has arrived, and, and really the thing I love the most about it, the ease of being able to lock and unlock my doors without having to fumble with my keys, reach in my pocket, or wait, no, crap, they're in my backpack, all that sort of stuff. All this is happening while my dogs are barking at me. You know what? Not anymore with the Eufy video lock. I touch it. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. One second. Door is unlocked. Much, much easier. So if you want to jump on board with Eufy Video Lock, search Eufy Video Lock. That is E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Again, that's Eufy Video Lock, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. All right, well... Moving on now to our third and uh, hopefully nicer music memory here, Paula. What do you got for us? Yeah, so as the last theme, I got uh, Tarkan Aslan's theme in the German Wrestling Federation out of Berlin, Germany. So this is the most recent one and this is really very very recent because it's basically like this past year 2021 when I moved to the beautiful town that I currently am physically present in which is Berlin, Germany. And so this was kind of just past the end of, well not the end of the pandemic obviously but uh, kind of just past 2020, like when everyone was starting to get vaccinated and everything and kind of things were starting up again and wrestling shows were happening again. And so the first wrestling show that I've gone to kind of since the pandemic started uh, was a was the first GWF show here in Berlin uh, that was allowed to have crowds again. And it was just so nice to kind of be able to go to wrestling again because there's really nothing quite like being at a live wrestling show. It, I mean, it is nice to watch wrestling on kind of on the screen as well, but it is just a completely different beast if you're there at the show, like just the, taking in the entire atmosphere, just being in that crowd, just being kind of being sucked into the mattress and just having a great time. Like wrestling, if it's good, like nothing hits quite, nothing hits as good as like good wrestling, as a good wrestling show does. Like nothing can really like give you that same emotional feeling that a good wrestling show can. And that's kind of what GWF has given me. Uh, 
back a bit. Like obviously now that my OTT memories are a bit tainted, <laughs> uh, I'm kind of like looking to like make new good kind of wrestling memories. And so far, uh, GWF has been a bit better on that. Like obviously, <laughs> I'm a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Maybe I'm a little bit wounded still. I'm still keeping it at arm's length just a bit because OTT just very much broke my heart. So I'm not quite willing to embrace GWF as much as I have of OTT, but they are, they are getting there. We actually had a situation recently uh, at a show that I went to where they had kind of a, a big match on the show. And the day before that show, uh, Marty's girl showed up at this tiny promotion in the next state over which is only like about uh hour and a half drive away from berlin and if he wanted to go back to the uk he actually had to fly out of berlin so for a good portion of the show it was like there was like i don't think they would book marty's girl because again if somehow you don't know marty's girl also has some horrible allegations against him um and i was like well, I mean, he needs to fly out of Berlin. And I was like, I don't think they would book him. But what if they are? And I just need to, like, leave and never come back because fuck Marty's girl. So every time there would be, like, the lights go out, <laughs> I would be like, oh, no, <laughs> it's this Marty's girl. Um, and, uh, but yeah, maybe, but it wasn't. They, Marty's girl didn't show up on the uh, on the show at all. And actually, the show gave me a great main event uh, between uh, Bad Bones John Klinger and uh, Axel Tischer, which I did not expect a match between those two to be that good. It was actually a really amazing match, and uh, the show actually made my uh, uh, third place. It was actually my third place show on my uh, Omaikase Awards ballot. So it, it was that good. But just maybe talk and why I maybe picked this theme in particular is Satakan Aslan was someone that I was already familiar with. Like, I will fully admit that, like, there are plenty other wrestlers on the GWF roster that I wasn't super familiar with. Whereas Tarkan Aslan, I already knew from his run in WXW as a member of uh, Rise and of his tag team with Lucky Kid as well. And he has a, he did have a run there, but then he kind of left and everything. And he was generally just kind of a, like the tag team got pushed out, but it was very clear that like it was built around Lucky Kid and not him. And him by himself, he was just kind of a lower mid carder basically at best. Whereas it's not quite the same position that he has in GWF, where he's much more of a big deal because he basically has won every title in that promotion that there is to win. And he also feels different as well. Like, because I remember him from like Debbie Step, and I was like, yeah, I mean, it seems like he has charisma and everything. Like, he's okay in the ring, but like, sure, whatever. But like, you just hear that theme, you see him come out, and you watch his entire entrance, and it just hits you differently. Like, his whole charisma just like is just on another level in that promotion where. I mean, he's a Berlin guy, like, through and through. And that might be why it might not have worked as much on WXW, because WXW doesn't really run Berlin because it's GWF territory. Like, WXW is like a touring promotion that runs, like, most of Germany, whereas GWF is more of a homesteading promotion, essentially. Like, they've run shows out of Berlin, but the vast, vast majority of the shows are run in Berlin 
out of the same venue and like they have their crowd and everyone's very intimately familiar with, intimately familiar with everyone and he just kind of hits different like he just feels like a much bigger deal even though he is kind of a bit further down the card now there as well now because he is a bit older but it's still like it's it's an entrance that's just kind of very impressive like like it ha just has this really like great like atmospheric feel and this kind of bombastic drop as well that he kind of has a very good like choreography as well in a weird way it would actually work well in WWE I suppose like not that I'm a big fan of WWE choreographed like entrances but like I think this one would work there really well and it it works really well in GWF as well where like it just hits you differently like it it's very quickly like risen up like my list of like my favorite entrances and I'm just looking forward to like seeing it more and more on like other GWF shows where I think there's actually one tonight that starts in like 10 minutes so if you want to watch it you can go to the youtube even though wait yeah that doesn't make sense because <laughs> well it will still be up on the youtube so you can just watch the replay yeah uh tarkan arslan um i've heard the name but i've never seen him wrestle before um in fact i, I think i've seen more of aslan the lion from chronicles of narnia than i have of this guy so um sorry a bad pun there i know but uh... i mean well you're joking but like that's actually not far off because like his nickname is the Lion King. Like and Wait, really? He, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even plan that. That's that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Like that actually works and like uh, like when he comes out like they say that he's from like like well essentially like it's like a phrase in German Großstadtjungle, like the the city like the big jungle city essentially or like that the big city is like a jungle. And so he as the lion is like the ruler of the like city jungle. Yeah, I did not plan that at all. I assure you of that. But um, I have seen a photo of the guy. And, uh, you know, for a guy named Tarkan Arslan, he looks the part, you know, <laughs> with the fur and all that stuff. He yep. does look like an old, you know, Germanic warrior <laughs> from eons ago. So that works out well for him. Um, and the song, Perseus, you know, Perseus is a Greek hero who slayed Medusa. So that lines up with the whole warrior thing, too, there nicely. Um, now, GWF... Uh, again, I have not seen any of GWF, really. Uh, I've been more of a WXW guy over the years. Um, but regardless, you know, what you talked about with going to a live show and being part of a live experience there, Paul, that's universal. Like, I remember last year going to All Out and just being in that crowd again after so long away from wrestling shows. It was so cathartic, and it was so wonderful being amongst the crowd hearing the roar, hearing the pops, the screams, all that stuff. And, you know, from the opening match, which was just this regular multi-man tag of best friends in Jurassic Express versus the Hardy Family Office, even that match felt special because the crowd was just so alive for it. So, yeah, I think if we've learned anything these past couple of years, it's that we may take these shows for granted because they can just go away like that. And sometimes these promotions just won't come back either. So, you know, if you have the chance to go to a local show, to a local promotion safely, do so. Support the promotion. Support the wrestlers. Help them make some money. Um, yes, they may eventually turn out to be scumbags, perhaps. That's, a, <laughs> that's always a risk these days. But, you know, look, thinking positively, thinking nicely, you know, go to a show, support the promotion, 
and just, you know, have fun because live shows are typically a lot of fun there, Paul. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. So, yeah, I can only agree with you there, Andrew, like if you can support your local promotion and obviously like the situation is still kind of volatile at the moment. So only go if you kind of feel like you're going to be safe and everything like your health takes priority. But otherwise, like do support like your local promotion in a way that you can because they need the help. And uh, I think having kind of a big, healthy wrestling scene with lots of places for people to work and get better, like it actually only lifts up the entire wrestling scene. Like no matter how small a promotion is, like I think it still helps the overall wrestling scene in general. Uh, unless it's OTT, in which case uh, OTT should just like, don't go to OTT, don't support them, let the promotion die. Thank you. <laughs> a very, uh, very pointed closing statement there on your part there for sure. But, um, but yeah, so, all right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you so much for listening. And Paul, thank you so much for being here on, uh, on a somewhat depressing show at times, I think, <laughs> but, but I appreciate your passion. I appreciate your honesty and your experiences and all that. And I do appreciate, again, you being here on short notice. But hey, look, we got the job done and right before kickoff, too. So it all worked out there in the end, Paul. See, that is drum and efficiency. Like, you finish it right on time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any plugs you want to give? Go right ahead. Yeah, so you can find my work on Voices of Wrestling where I've just done a slew of kind of reviews recently, like a uh, couple of Noah shows as well as both uh, the two uh, New Japan-only uh, Wrestle Kingdoms. Uh, I suppose <laughs> the kind of... Wrestle Kingdom Night 2 broke me a little bit because I will fully admit that that wasn't my best review because I just kind of, I liked the main event and I just literally hated everything else on the show. So uh, I probably could have put a little bit more effort into reviewing everything except for the main event. But I just like, I'm probably not going to review any New Japan for a little while until uh, crowds can make noise again because I just can't stand that promotion the way it is at the moment. We'll review like a lot more like Noah though, so I can look forward to that and also going to do uh, obviously uh, All Japan with Gerard as well. So you can look forward to that. And also there might be something else coming up at the end of the month. Mm. I'm not gonna go into a bit more depth for now because I'm still planning, but just kind of keep an eye uh, on this feed. What a tease, what a tease. Mm. And uh, Music of the Mat is, of course, part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. You can find all the great podcasts on there at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Mat. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. If you want to discuss this episode or other topics, you can do so at the VOW Discord. That's VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Discord. If you want to donate to the show... You can do that. Just go to voicesofwrestling.com slash donate and click the big donate button beneath the name Music of the Mat. If you donate, hey, thanks so much. You're awesome. And of course, rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. Paul, thank you again, and I'll see you around. Bye-bye. All right, for Paul Volsh, I'm Andrew Rich, and I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys. Music of the Mat is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 